Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. And it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water, or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you got to try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off, and use code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes. Welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Finneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs, like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. This week, my guest is my colleague, Joe Mazur. Hi, Joe, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Denise. I'm glad to be on it. Yeah. I know we kind of pulled this together last, sort of last minute. I'm just glad it all worked out. Appreciate your flex flexibility. I don't really know you that well. I hope to get to know you when I see you at a conference next month. I know we're LinkedIn friends. So tell the rest of my colleagues and me a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to currently. Okay. Well, I've, I'm Joe Mazur. I work for Michelin. I'm currently the director of consumer care for North America. Um, but consumer care is new to me. I actually, I've been with the company 30 years and most of that's been in sales, a, a little bit in marketing. And about two years ago, I had an opportunity to come over to the consumer care department and I knew nothing about the consumer care space. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I needed to learn. So I, I joined SOCAP and uh, was able to uh, Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals and, and was able to learn a lot as well as I had a very experienced team that has helped me uh, as well uh, kind of get up to speed. So I'm uh, I'm kind of very new to the space and, and continuing to learn. Um, it's dynamic and it's changing, um, yeah. you know, so it's it's been great. Yeah. Well, aren't you smart? Now, now I see why they tapped you for this role. Because, you know, 
why not join an industry group that's, you know, has others doing what you're doing. It's the best way to learn. Plus, sounds like you were lucky with that experienced team. So speaking of SOCAP, leads me to my next question. I know that you are on the slate for uh, next year's SOCAP Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals. As you noted, board of directors. And I'm just going to assume that you're going to get ratified. I mean, you've got my vote, buddy. So let's assume that, you know, you get ratified for this year or maybe even next year um, if you decide to do it then. What are some of those areas of int- that interest you? And when you think about serving on a committee like that, what do you think would help the members that maybe you could bring to the party? Well, I mean, I, I think one of the things is I've kind of got that outside perspective. I mean, I, uh, I I have a lot of questions. Your your curious colleague is a curious guy too. So, <laughs> you know, so I, uh, you know, the, one of the reasons I, I joined was benchmarking. I, you know, I wanted to see how we compared to other brands and I'm sure other brands have that same type of mentality. They want to see how they compare. The other thing is, you know, there's there's a lot of change in the space. I mean, we have a lot of data that comes into consumer care through all the different channels. And now with AI and, you know, NLP, there's all these things that are happening. And so it's kind of to, to make sure that we're kind of on the forefront of that, uh, you know, and, and conversations with colleagues yeah. to understand. And and I'm sure that, you know, I, so I, I, I assume that people have the same type of um, questions that I have. And so those are the kind of the key areas that I've you know, that I'm focused on and I hope to kind of communicate with others within SOCAP. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that's all good stuff. And you're right. It's ever evolving. I've seen it for 20, I've been involved as a worker bee, as I mentioned to you, in consumer affairs for 20 plus years. And it's gone from you know, maybe your father's customer service. It's no (laughs) longer your father's customer service. And it's gotten very sexy with all the channels and it just gets more interesting, you know, every year. So great. Well, Lovell sent me a little bit. I know you're saying you're new to the group, but I'm kind of new to, I don't know, is it called higher ticket consumer goods? Um, Right. In a often sold in a retail space. So I'm very CPG, classic CPG companies. So Level said us a little bit about Michelin. So Michelin, you know, we're in a lot of different spaces and we, I mean, the bread and butter is the tires that we make Yeah. that, uh, you know, but we're, we're with tires, we're around tires and we're beyond tires. We also, you know, have the Michelin restaurants. So um, that was a marketing thing way back in the day. So, so we do a lot of different things, but obviously we're a premium brand and for the tires that we sell, um, mainly we go through our dealer base. Um, so um, we, we we have to work with our dealers um, as far as going to market. So, and some of those are more aligned with kind of the CPG companies, Costco, some of that. Some of them are more like mom and pop, you know, dealers that we deal with. So it's, it's, it's really, uh, especially in North America. So that's kind of how we go to market. And uh, we're, we're at the, we're usually the tier one of, of tire brands. You know, we have a long history where we've won a lot of JD Power Awards and things such as that that kind of validate our status as far as the pricing. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how we go to market and who we are. Yeah. 
Did you mention, because I heard dealers in there, I know you've had a very yep. varied career at Michelin. God bless you, first of all. Um, long and varied career. Did you work? Did you mention one of the dealerships or had? So I, I, I worked. So I would I, I started in territories uh, for Michelin. Um, I, I've handled some of our bigger customers, Costco, Discount Tire, um, you know, through my sales career. Um, and so uh, before moving to consumer care. So, yeah. So just leaning on that varied career a little bit, just wondering, you know, as you look back on that career and decided to, you know, move into this consumer care role. I think it was 21, 2021. What did you sort of take with you? What did you leave on, on your approach to uh, leading this, this team? So one of the things that, that was, that intrigued me was that, you know, in working with the dealers, obviously we're working with them, they're working with the consumer, correct? You know, so, so we, We, there's a little bit of a gap between understanding the consumer. They actually probably understood it better than we did. So there was always that like, hey, how do we get that consumer data? And, you know, when somebody kind of approached me and said, what about consumer care? And we we dealt with consumer care because, you know, it, it's a valuable part of like how we make dealers happy, how we make consumers happy because we've got to go through our dealers. And I kind of realized all the data that was coming in from the different channels and the consumers are con- communicating with us. And I said, hey, this is interesting. And, and, you know, the voice of the consumer was one of the things that I was always trying to get. And I thought maybe I can help out kind of bridging the gap, knowing where it comes from on the sales side and the marketing side to, to kind of, you know, if I move into this role. So that's that's really why I joined it. And it's been exciting. And I've had to learn a lot, which, you know. You said you're a worker bee. I was a worker bee, and it, it's, it's good to kind of look at a different perspective, yeah, and, and learn something new. So that was that was exciting to me. Perfect. I did do some, you know, a little research. I know you've got a website or two. I think there's one for the master brand and one for, you know, more consumer base. I think you have social media channels, right? We do. Things like that. What would really end ratings and re- reviews, some of that basic stuff. And I did see the live chat button. And as I looked at it more closely, I was really excited to see your, and help me if I get this wrong, uh, is it a virtual assistant named it's Mitch? It's a virtual assistant. We call we call him Mitch. It's our chat bot that's on our website. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, we it's a Michelin, we call him Mitch. So he's our mm-hmm. virtual assistant that helps out the yeah. consumer on the website. Side note, two episodes ago, I had a brand naming expert. And my question to her was, give us some tips to name a chatbot. So I didn't have this on the script, Joe, but who named him? Who named Mitch Mitch? I, You know what? So it was the team and, and my predecessor combining with you know, our, our, our BPO, our, our, our marketing teams to kind of come, you know, they had a brainstorming session and they came yeah. up with the, uh, the name. Okay. Well, you know, I, we all love a good alliteration. So Mitch yep. from Michelin, that's, that's uh perfect. That's perfect. So what I want to do is I think I had one other virtual assistant. So Lisa deal from, um, Lisa deal from fresh pet, excuse me. They have yep. one that you just launched called Scout, which I love that name too, but she had just launched it. So really what I'd love for you to do is share with the colleagues. Let's, let's get into it as much as you can. I know you did not initially launch it. Your predecessor do did, 
but really break it down for us if you don't mind. Um, what did you what What do you know of that launch, other than the naming? You know, what other tools? Is there a vendor? Like, just break it down for us, please, Joe. So, I mean, it it's supported by Rule AI um, through our vendor uh, through our BPO that administers it, which is Foundever. But you know, one of the things that we've we've kind of learned uh, about Mitch and 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 how to apply Mitch over the last couple of years, um, when my predecessor Martha, uh, when she kind of she she had the forethought of like, hey, we need this virtual assistant. It's going to be a great experience for the consumers. Um, but one of the ways that she kind of sold it internally was, hey, it's gonna it's gonna eliminate calls and you know it's going to be more efficient uh, because the consumers are just going to interact with that. Yeah. When I came in, uh, you know, I was questioned like, hey, that's not happening. <laughs> like, what's mm-hmm. going on? And so, <laughs> you know, that was one of the first questions of like, what do we do? And and the other thing is, is we, you know, from a user experience, uh, you know, Mitch used to come on right up, as soon as you got onto the website, it was, hey, I'm there. You know, when it was big and it was kind of like, hey, I'm Mitch. And, you know, from a usability standpoint, we had to learn that consumers don't necessarily want that. It needs to be a little more subtle so they understand where they can go. They may want to search around before they actually use Mitch. Um, but we started to look at the actually, you know, why isn't that happening? Why aren't we getting calls? And so so we started to analyze, you know, we knew kind of the use cases who was calling us, you know, and it was more related around warranty, around, you know, if you had an issue with a, a product, those type of things. When we started to look into the what the Mitch, Mitch data was, it was pre-purchase, which was great, right? I mean, we want to say that assist. again. It was it oh, was pre-purchase. The purchase, sorry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was so so they were asking a lot of questions. You know, they were going to buy a, a set of tires, right? So they're looking at what tires do I need? What are the tire specs? Those type of questions. They still had some of those other questions about warranties and things like that, but it was primarily pre-purchase which is even better, you know? So, I mean, cause we want to sell more tires and help them uh, assist them with that. Yeah. Um, so when we realized that we were like, oh, you know, maybe this is, you know, if you do the Venn diagram, it's not gonna like match up because that's why the calls aren't going down necessarily because they're calling about something else. But the consumer that wants to engage with the website and with Mitch and our chat, uh, you know, they, they, they're, uh, they're engaging, um, asking different questions. And so that was the first kind of the aha. So like some of our training that we had for Mitch uh, wasn't, you know, we were using use cases from phones and things such as that, because that's what we had. And we realized that, so we did kind of a, you know, constant monthly checkups or every two week checkups to see what were they asking? What was that first user message so that we could train him to to handle that? And so we realized, you know, that uh, the chatbot could help with pre-purchase. Um, that, uh, you know, and there were some other questions that were outliers that were interesting, um, that we were able to help the web team with, for instance, when you register tires, there's a 16 digit DOT code on the side of the tire on one side. Well, the other side has 12 digits, right? So it would say, enter, so if people would go onto the website to register the tires and it would say, enter your 16 digits. And they would say, I only see 12 because depending on the side of the tire. And so, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were just like, hey, web team, can you just say it's on one side and not the other? And all of a sudden we saw those questions go down. So those were like simple things like that, that we would see engaged with uh, the chatbot that we, you know, that we could do and, and, you know, give some insight to the web team to make the 
better website as well. So we've, we've continued to do that. In fact, we, you know, we had a recall earlier this year. And, and one of the questions that, you know, that my team was like, you know, we're going to get all these calls about what it is and what it isn't when it's first announced. And so we were like, well, what if we could put that on our website, all the FAQs and allow, you know, if they ask Mitch, he can take you right there and give you all those answers. So we trained Mitch on that. And actually that did lower our calls significantly because people and, and the, the volume of people that went to it, because it was mainly our dealers to find out what, what was happening, you know, increased significantly at the beginning and then it kind of settled down. So we, we've learned of how to use them and, uh, you know, it's mainly for pre-purchase, but it can help out with some other things that are web related issues that we see kind of escalating up uh, on the website. So. Okay. I think I got it. A lot to process there. I, and one of my questions was how how has Mitch evolved? I think you you uh, you know talked about that where like the initial hypothesis was that it was going to reduce calls. That's what everybody thinks when you added a channel. Yeah. Is that such an aha that it looked like uh, the sweet spot was logical? Now that I think about it, because you're you know you have a pre purchase before your the journey, the journey is just beginning. Once yes. you get your answer there, then you can just hop on or I think click on something that starts, you know, put, put your car name in and then all that sort of good stuff. And you can start looking at what's available. Pardon me. Yep. And, and I'll, I'll just add one thing that, you know, one of the things is pre-purchase and, and, you know, you know, showing value and trying to not be just a cost center for our, our, you know, consumers, since we deal with dealers that um, we don't own our distribution in North America, we go through our dealer base. We basically, we, now we send leads from the chat bot on the website to our buy now button, which is portal for different, you know, dealers that are on the, the, the that we deal with. So they think if they want to buy tires, they can buy it through there. So we're sending lots of leads now too. So you know, we never thought about that. We thought of it more of a cost savings, you know, lowering, making more efficient, answering questions without a call. And what we're now doing is we're actually generating revenue because we're sending leads to the to the uh, buy now button. Let me dig in there for just a second, because I'm, I'm just trying to make the CPG sort of analogy of that or the use case for that. So you're saying you go on to Mitch, they find out what tire spec for you know, their car. And is there a link there in the chat where they, it, you click on and it takes you to the vent, to the dealer, excuse me, that has it, or does the consumer have to? Yeah. So say it says, do you want to do the, how's that go? Yeah. There's a, a link to the buy now button. And then that takes you to a portal that basically gives you options for different dealers that are yeah. in your area based yeah. on your zip code. Yeah. People aren't having them delivered to their home and putting them on themselves, right? No, you, no, you have no tires are, yeah, no, yeah. there's not, I mean, unless you have, some people could, but, uh, but yeah. most people don't have a place where they could install tires. So they rely on the dealerships to install them. So basically what we're just trying to do is kind of, you know, continue that process, purchase process. So if they, if they can decide, you know, on our website, they don't have to go to another website to buy, they can continue that process by going through our dealers base and, and we'll send that lead to the dealer and they have a portal page where they can purchase based on wherever they're located. It's improved CX, improved, what is that called? UX, user yep. experience. Yep. Love it. Now, Joe, you quickly said two names that went by me. You have a BPO. I just want to just capture this for people. 
And then yeah. also somebody who developed the website, the uh, chatbot, excuse me, who's the BPO? Say it again for me and spell it. So our BPO is found ever. F-O, I spell that, please. Like F-O-N- found, F-O-U-N-D, ever. Yeah. So and then right next to it, ever, found ever, all one yes. word. Yes. Okay, got it. And then the group that set up the chatbot, if I'm using so that it, group, Yeah, the so, software. so 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 they use the software they use is Rule AI. So uh R U A I. R U R U L A I, I guess. Rule AI. Word. It's R U L dot AI, maybe. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Okay. And so, but we also, you know, obviously within our IT team had to kind of connect it to, we, we use a CRM platform, Salesforce. So they had to connect it to Salesforce because obviously, you know, it contains, the chatbot contains about 75% of the questions that are asked, but if it doesn't, you know, it'll, it'll go to a live chat agent. Um, and that's, you know, that's all done through Salesforce. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. So Mitch gets stumped. You then say something like, hey, you know, we're going to connect you with one of our humanoids. What What do you say? <laughs> no, one of our live chat agents. One of our live chat questions. agents. Yes. And then. Yes. Okay. So that's very transparent. Right. And, and you're very transparent. When I found the chat bot, I mean, there was that. I love that your mascot or the Michelin man, you know, that we all know. From the commercials, there's like an outline of him, I believe, that's right on the chatbot. So you know, like, kind of who you're getting. So I love that transparency. What was the other thing? Oh, one of the barriers I feel that maybe someone will have, or I've heard people say, it's like, oh, that training piece of, you know, it's just easier for my, um, my brand ambassadors to go into knowledge base and, and answer all this because we are the source of truth and we know, you know, what to say. So let's dig in again to the knowledge base piece. I know you weren't there at the very beginning. How has that evolved? How does that work? And how do you keep him current? Can I call him a him? Yeah. It, yeah. 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 All right. Okay. <laughs> yes. With the, with the knowledge base, with the knowledge. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, we, uh, in some ways it's kind of a decision tree initially. Um, we knew that like, we've seen the data that says most of the people are asking about products, right? So finding tires is one of them, or it may be a dealer that wants to know a tire spec, you know, what fits on my vehicle. So those are the two big use cases. So that's easy to say finding tires, tire specs, and it can lead you to different places in the thing. And then there's the warranty one. And then, and then there's a lot of other stuff. So that's the hard stuff. That's like the long tail that we have to train on. And quite frankly, you know, we use some of the knowledge that we had within the team that we utilize for voice or for, you know, the live chat agents, you know, based on our knowledge articles, but then we've had to evolve it a little bit for Mitch. So, you know, we would see which questions come in. So what's that first user question? Um, what are they asking for? And then we kind of group that of, okay, to, to one of these other knowledge articles answer it or just there's something else that needs to be generated. And so it's kind of an iterative process that we've had to go over over the last couple of years. But so we've been, been able to get most of the cases. So basically, you know, our chatbot now can like it'll answer the question 
and they don't escalate to live chat 75% of the time. It understands the question 90% of the time. So 90% of the time, it, it basically understands what they're asking now. They may still want to go to a live chat agent because they have further questions, but it understands that. So then there's another 10% that is always analyzed you know, to see, can we improve that 90% and that 75%? Cool. Really cool. What, how does that manifest itself? So conceptually, I get it, right? You're saying 90% of the time they understand the question, 75% of the time Mitch knows the answer um, and it would, you know, might get to the live chat, live agent, pardon me. And then you're always striving to sort of train him and see what that 10% was. I think I got some of that right. Yep, but, yep, yep. What is that? You mentioned, let me say, let me say found, no, rule AI Yeah. is the vendor. So are you working with them every month? Like, how are you so learning it's, We mainly work or, through our BPO. Um, and so okay. they have a team, a digital team that we work through. And so we, yeah, we do have at least two times a month and then they have reporting that they give us. So obviously we give them some direction and then they come back with reporting um, that we kind of look as a team and kind of analyze and, and provide more direction. And, you know, it's kind of a continual process. So you actually get some sort of analysis back that helps yes. you understand what kind of what's working, where the opportunity areas are. Yep. And then how do you close the gap? Is, do you have a team member that will go and find out this, you know, maybe one of that 10% question? You know, how does that work? Well, I mean, we've been close. It, it's been getting less. Maybe a year ago, it's probably 80% understanding. So it's getting better. However, you never know. I mean, there may be a website issue and the consumer will, you know, type in, hey, this doesn't work or I don't see this product or, you yeah. know, whatever it may be. So all of a sudden you get a spike of not understanding and then we go to our web team and say, hey, <laughs> you know, this issue is yeah. happening. And uh, so it's kind of a fair, it's an earlier work alert, you know, in some ways that we are able to give too. So yes. I don't know if you'll ever get to 100%, but there's probably, you know, it's getting harder and harder. But the issues and the things that are popping up may be helping, you know, other things and maybe an early warning for that. Mm -hmm. so. To be honest, please don't get me wrong. I thought the 90% that that he understands and the 75% that he responds to. I thought that was way higher than I could ever imagine. So kudos to you and, um, and your team. Is there going to be a time when you might just say, let's hang it up at 93% or whatever, <laughs> because you do have the staff, the live, the live agents to handle that, you know, the, the balance of it. So what we realized is that, you know, the consumer wants to engage with us and however they want to engage with us. And obviously, you know, like I said, most of the the, the chatbot is dealing with pre-purchase. So those people are shopping. They may not want to call and say, what tire do I need? This is my vehicle. They may, and we'll handle them that way. But they may just want to browse, you know, and get kind of an idea. I mean, uh, just the purchase process, right? So we're just providing that information to them in that way. Um, and so, uh, in fact, we know that since it's lead, providing leads to the buy now button and, and, and that we're actually going to expand it. We, you know, the chatbot currently is only on the U S Michelin step website. We're going to be expanding soon to the Canadian. There's some you know, 
French and, and you know, they just got to get, he's got to learn French and, and that type of thing for Canada. So, um, so that's, that's coming in the near few, within the next month or so. So, um, so we're, you know, we're kind of expanding it because now we realize what he's doing. We kind of put him in timeout until we figured everything, like what was the, the user experience? What was the, what were they asking? And now we're trying to expand it because we re realize that actually leads to sales. This is juicy stuff. This is juicy stuff. And you threw out NLP in the very beginning, natural language processing. So you guys, like, do you think you're slow to adopt this technology? I don't think so. But like in your, you know, comparing yourself to competition or what you've done before, do you think you're slow or do you think you're ahead of the curve on that adoption? I don't know. I, I always think we're slow, although I think we are pretty good. Um, we are yeah. using it. We are looking at it. Obviously, you want to do it quicker. Um, you want to look at all channels and see all those insights to provide the voice of the consumer the quickest way you can to the organization, the marketing and sales team. So I think we're the direction, obviously, with all the new technologies that are coming out, I think it's going to enable us to do it quicker. We are doing it. It's more, you know, it's probably slower than what I would like. Um, where you always hear these, you know, the new stuff, the AI that's out there and chat GPT and stuff. And so we're, we're, we're exploring some of that, but within our own data and, you know, so that we're, we're trying to learn, um, but it's, it's important. And then also, you know, like we talked about the differences in channels to better understand the differences in channels and how consumers interact with us so that we can take that and, and not only learn with the chat bot, but learn in other channels to improve. So, yeah. Mike drop on that. That's you get it. You get it in your short time here in consumer <laughs> affairs. You you get it. All right. I've got my last and easiest question for you. Do you have a volunteer or nonprofit organization you'd like to give a shout out to? Yes. One of the one of the organizations that Michelin supports in Greenville, as well as our team, because we did a uh, kind of a volunteer effort at was Harvest Hope Food Bank. Um, so it's a local food bank that obviously provides food and, and uh, resources to people in need. So um, we, we, we went together as a team and did that and everybody had a great experience, you know, helping out. And, and that's a great organization in, in within Greenville, South Carolina. Perfect. Is What is that URL like harvesthopefoodbank.org, something like that? Probably. I don't know off the top okay. of my head, but I'm sure that it's probably something like that. Okay. I'll check it out and uh, include that in the show notes. Let everybody know. And um, and thank you again, Joe. This has just been delightful to get to know you. <laughs> thank goodness for the podcast. And uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your Friday evening, early evening to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Denise. This is, this is great. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Benito. Thank you for your time.
Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you gotta try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off, and use code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code my curious colleague. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes.